When you want to break up your fall monotony with something new and interesting to eat, try Blue Apron's two and four serving menu plans with those hard to find ingredients sure to spice up your weekend. With 60 plus options each week, you can choose from an ever changing mix of high quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW recommended, and health conscious offerings. Get a $100 gift card plus enjoy $130 off across your first six orders when you place an order by September 23rd. Visit blueapron.com slash unique 2022. Hey guys, Rip here. Before the show starts, I just want to invite you to visit our merchandise store. If you follow the show on Twitter or Facebook, be sure to look for the Linktree link and click on it. When you see the shop, click on it and you'll be directed to our store. We have t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. Get your official t-shirt of the show or one in your favorite team color. If it's not there, send me a message and we will most certainly put it in there. Your support means a lot and helps the show keep growing. We appreciate everything and everything that you do for the, our show. Thanks for listening. And now, here's the show. The Texas Baseball Report with your host, Rip Griffin. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode of the Texas Baseball Report. We had a wild weekend. And baseball opening weekend for major league baseball kicked off this weekend minor league baseball got kicked off early last week college baseball still in full swing so lots of baseball action this weekend and we're going to try to break it down into something to where it is just a small 20 minute maybe 25 minute clip that way you can get all your information and, and of course if we miss anything let me know let me know if uh, we did not catch your favorite team because we want to make sure we get all the teams as much as we can to, because it is baseball, and that's what we do here, covering baseball Texas style on the Texas Baseball Report. But uh, thanks for tuning in. Like I mentioned, this is going to be something uh, you know, like a lot of baseball. So you know what? Let me stop rambling right now, and let's get into it. So Major League Baseball kicked off. Opening day was Thursday. We had some teams get in action on Thursday, some get action on Friday. The Astros were in action on Thursday night there in Anaheim against the Los Angeles Angels. We'll touch on the Rangers here in just a minute. They were in action as well. They kicked off opening day on Friday in Toronto. It was a lot of runs scored in, the, in that series, so we'll kind of touch on them as well. So let's jump into it. Let's jump in the Astros because they were the ones that kicked off everything uh, for us on Thursday. Now the Astros are coming back. You know they were off of. Um, winning the almost, well, I wouldn't say almost, but they're coming off a season where they made it to the World Series for their fifth, uh, excuse me, for the third time in five years, five consecutive AOCS appearances, a little bit different lineup this time with no Carlos Correa, who is off to Minnesota. So it's a different team by the sense. I mean, you st it's still a lot of the same core guys, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Yuli Gurriel, Michael Brantley, Kyle Tucker. Those guys are still there. 
Justin Verlander is back, who was on the mound Saturday. We'll touch on his appearance and how he did coming back a, a year and a half removed from Tommy John. So it was a very uh, one-sided. It was it was pretty balanced. I would say there was that one game on, on Friday night where uh, the Astros just got after it. But for the most part, both teams seemed to be very evenly matched. It was low scoring from there. So let's jump into uh, opening night. So uh, the Astros were going to try to go for their 10th consecutive opening day win. Now that is from when the team joined the American League back in 2013. So that's what they're shooting for. They were shooting for that opening day win. They sent Framber Valdez out for the mound, who has been one of those pitchers that the Astros can count on. And he was absolutely phenomenal. He was the only pitcher that went uh he went seven innings on on friday uh did not give up a run only gave up a couple hits so he was he was locked in on opening day and it was good for him he needed to get into that kind of mindset to be the pitcher that the astros want to see not only now but in the future yes justin verlander is still in the rotation but framer valdez is the guy that the Astros have continued to put out there in, in different situations, especially like during the World Series and even in the ALCS last year. So he did phenomenal. He was one of those. Like he went six and two-thirds. Like I said, gave up two hits, only one walk, six strikeouts in his uh, opening, his very first opening day appearance. Uh, from there, I mean, the Astros did great as far as um, it was a low-scoring affair. Astros took game one of a four-game series, three game, uh, three to three to one, excuse me. Um, you know, Alex Bregman is probably the guy that they need to get going and get off to a hot start. Normally, typically, when the season gets going, gets started, he's always out of the gate slow. That was not the case in, in opening day. Got his first home run of the season in the eighth inning off Ryan Tapera. Uh, also, too, was Juan Alvarez who also, they went back-to-back -back off of Ryan Tapera. Now, something interesting about the back-to-back, -back, and when third baseman Alec, Alex Bregman and Jordan Alvarez hit back-to-back -back homers, it was a similar scene for Bregman, who also hit back-to-back -back homers with Michael Brantley last opening day. So, Bregman and Alvarez are now the fifth pair of Astros teammates to hit go back-to-back -back on opening day. Also, uh, Cesar Cedeno, Cesar Cedeno and Bob Watson did it in 1976. Carl Everett and Richard Hidalgo did it in 1999. And Carlos Lee and Brian Bushevich back in 2012 also did it. So a little interesting history there on opening day when back-to-back -back home runs. So that was great to see. Um, you know, Alex Bregman was the one who basically drove in all the runs. Uh, he had uh, two RBIs, and then, of course, Jordan Alvarez hit the home run as well. So that was it. Three to one was the final score in that uh, opening day, the 10th opening day victory for the Astros as they uh, kicked off uh, the 2022 season there in Anaheim. So game two started uh, squared off against Reed Detmers. Odorizzi is looking to bounce back after a 2021 season where he did not just feel right on the on the mound. He certainly didn't look right there was a lot of things he struggled had flashes of uh, goodness here and there but that 
Astros are looking for Odorizzi to get back on track, and he did well. Went four innings, gave up six hits, two runs, uh, and only two strikeouts. But uh, the Astros were able to get the offense going, starting off with Jeremy Pena, who is you know the rookie that is coming in. Carlos Correa is no longer with the team, so he is filling in. Well, I wouldn't say filling in. He is the new shortstop for the Houston Astros, and he had a night for himself who collected his first home run and went three for five in that in that night. He became the sixth player in club history to post uh, a three-hit game in their first two MLB games, most recently, most recently accomplished Astro-wise, with Jonathan Villar, who had three hits in his second career game back in 2013. Pena also becomes just the second shortstop in club history to homer within their first two career games, joining Carlos Correa, who homered in his second career game back in 2015. So there's a lot of fireworks, a lot of fireworks in game two of this series. The Astros just jumped all over 14 hits, including three doubles, six home runs. Jeremy Pena was the player of the game. Kyle Tucker also got into the action as well as he had his first two-homer game of his career, driving four runs on the night. Astros used six pitchers, including a solid performance from Jake Odorizzi, like I just mentioned. So a lot of great uh, offense from the Astros. Jose Altuve got the things going in the top of the first with a homer to left. And then the Angels came back and tied it up in the bottom of the first. And then in the top of the fourth, Litmus Diaz gets in it as well, hits a home run. Alex Brayman hit home run to, in the top of the sixth. And then Jeremy Pena gets his in the top of the seventh. Michael Brantley drove in a couple. And the Astros were up six to two there in the top of the seventh. And then they just kept going from there. Uh, Bregman again continues to be hot at the plate. They get a couple more runs out Jordan Alvarez with a double to the right and brings in Michael Brantley. And then the Astros continue to keep scoring. Kyle Tucker hit his first home run of the night there in the top of the seventh as well. And then also, too, in the top of the night, Kyle Tucker hit a, another home run, which put it, the game up 13-5. to five. By then, the game is pretty much over out of that. The Angels would go on. I mean, the Astros would go on to win 13-6. to six. So uh, Astros started, started off hot there in the second game of the series. In game three of that series, Justin Verlander returned back after being a year and a half removed from Tommy John. He was going up against Noah Syndergaard who it has also been out as he recovered as well. And it was pretty much a pitcher's duel for the most part. The um, the only scoring was the Angels. The Astros lost 2-0 to zero in that game. But you got to give a lot of credit to um, Justin Verlander coming back after Tommy John, going five innings, giving up three hits, one run, which came off a home run there in the bottom of the second off of Jared Walsh, who um, who homered. And but that was it. But Verlander looked good in that third in that first outing in that third game. Like I mentioned, went five innings, three hits, one run, three walks, seven strikeouts. And that's it. Noah Syndergaard also looked very good as well. Went five and a third, gave up two hits, two walks, one strikeout, though. Not something we're normally accustomed to seeing with Noah Syndergaard, but you know what? He's coming back as well. So uh Astros dropped game three of that series. So they head into game four. It was a four-game series. And the Astros were hoping to take the series 
and kick off this 2022 season in, in style. And then they did just that. Uh, they got a great outing from Jose Urquidy, who went five innings, gave up four hits, one run, and only two strikeouts, but he did give up a home run, which would be the only run that the Angels would score there to Jack Mayfield in the bottom of the second. So the, the Astros would get things going again there in the top of the fifth. Uh, Bregman would uh, drive in, uh, would hit a, a sharp line drive to center to Mike Trout, who actually bobbled the ball, which brought in Martin Maldonado, Jose Siri. Bregman ends up on second, and then he actually uh, on that fielding air by Mike Trout. And then the Astros again would get on the board there in the top of the eighth on a wild pitch from Archie Bradley. Jeremy Pena would score. Alex Bregman, would, who was on base, would go to second. And then Chas McCormick would ground uh, to third base from Jack Mayfield. Bregman would score again. Alvarez, who was on base, and that was it. Uh, the Astros get four. Four runs on this outing here, and they would take the series three games to one, and uh, the Astros win four to one. So a great opening season for the Astros. They needed to get off to that hot start, and you know we're gonna see uh, a lot of things that the you know a lot of teams are gonna do. Uh, they're gonna sit a lot of guys because you know they're still technically kind of getting into that spring training mode, and so we're gonna see some guys get rested. So when you see your team and you see the schedule and you see the roster and your, your player's not in there when you think he should be. It's because he's resting. Let's jump into the Texas Rangers now. Like I mentioned, they open up on Friday there in Toronto. So they are, we're looking to kind of get off on the right foot. This is a team that everybody's going to be watching because of all the key moves that they made this offseason. They made it brought in a lot of key guys. Marcus Simeon, Kyle Seeger. Corey Seager, excuse me, not Kyle. Kyle is the one that retired. Sorry about that. But anyways, so that Rangers are looking to get things going, and they had a fantastic spring. Offense started to click there around the middle part of this uh, spring training, and we're going to start to see more offensive production, I feel, when this team begins to kind of start to click a little bit. Now, they jumped off really early really early in, in game one this opening day against the blue jays john gray was on the mound he went four innings gave up three hits three runs two walks and had four strikeouts but from an offensive stomp standpoint brad miller is going to be the guy that's going to be leading off a lot for the rangers this year and he did it in fashion he homered on his first at bat of the season so quickly putting the rangers up one to nothing and then from there it just continued in that first inning Jose Barrios from the uh, Toronto Blue Jays just did not have it on that night, that day. He only managed to go a third of an inning, gave up three hits, four runs, two walks, and gave up that home run to Brad Miller. But that Rangers took advantage of that. One of the things that we're going to kind of talk about this season with the Rangers is how they capitalize on these high-scoring games because especially in this first game, we're going to touch on it here in just a second, where things just kind of seem to get away and get out of hand for the Rangers. So the Rangers piled on four runs there in the first inning. They've already knocked out the starting pitcher. And top of the second, they keep things going again. Mitch Garver, newly acquired Mitch Garver, homers to center, to left center, a two-run homer, and the Rangers are up six to nothing already in the top of the fourth. And Nathaniel Lowe, that gets a little bit on the action as well with the RBI single. 
which brought in Corey Seager. Rangers already up seven and nothing here in the top of the fourth. Now, here's where things kind of start to get away from the Rangers. So in the bottom of the fourth, Vladimir Guerrero singles on a line drive to right field who brought in George Springer. So the Rangers are up seven to one. And also in the bottom of the fourth, Lourdes Guerrero with the RBI force out. Bo scores. Rangers are up 7-2. Alejandro Kurt on a sack fly to left brought in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Blue Jays are now down by four, 7-3 Rangers. In the bottom of the fifth, Vlad Jr. <clears throat> singles on a sharp line drive to right field. George Springer scores. Rangers up 7-4. And then Tiasco Hernandez hits a three-run homer to right field, ties the game 7-7. Now, this is going to be key for the Rangers this year is giving up the lead. You're up 7, so 7-1, seven 7-0 seven in the top of the fourth. Now, here we are in the bottom of the fifth, and the game is tied 7-7. Seven seven. From there, the Blue Jays added another run in the bottom sixth The to take the lead, 7-8. to eight. In the top of the seventh, Adilis Garcia hits a home run, and then Rangers tie it back up, 8-8. Eight eight. And then from there in the bottom of seventh and the bottom of eighth, the Blue Jays add more, a couple more, run, couple more runs, and 10-8 is the final for the Blue Jays. So the Rangers are going to be one of those teams that you have to capitalize when you are ahead. And they just did not do it in this game, and I, it's going to be tough to watch for Rangers fans if they continue to blow these leads, especially with you know the offense that they have, and they put up a lot of offensive runs. All right, let's jump into game two of this series. It was a more close close matchup in game two of this three-game series. All right, Dan Dunning was on the mound for the Texas Rangers. He went five innings, gave up five hits, three runs, two walks, four strikeouts, and he did give up a home run. But uh, the Blue Jays got things going there in the bottom of the first, quickly jumping out to a 2 nothing lead. In the top of the third, the Rangers take the lead on a Marcus Simeon double. That brought in uh, Jonah Heim. They, uh, Corey Seager gets into it as well on a ground out, but um, Brad Miller is able to score. And uh, quickly, the Rangers are up 3-2 to two there in the top of the third. In the bottom of the fifth, Boba Shett homers, which ties the game at 3-3. And then in the bottom of the sixth, Santiago Espinal doubles, which brings in Ramel Tapia. I hope I said that right. But anyways... Uh, that would be the final score. Texas would drop game two of this three-game series, three game, uh, four to three. So the Blue Jays are definitely, um, you know, getting the offense going slowly. But, um, you know, the Rangers are hoping to come into game three of this series and hopefully getting their offense going. And that is going to be the key. So they did just that in game three of this series. It was uh, it was tough, but you know what? They poured it out there and just continued to pile it on. Uh, Spencer Howard was the starting pitcher for the Rangers. Uh, Hinjin Rue for the Blue Jays. Howard went three innings. He gave up six hits, six runs, and five strikeouts. Gave up four home runs in his three in his three innings. Now Howard is a young pitcher, so I would not. Uh, be alarmed at this right now we'll see how he continues to develop later on down the season but white Sox, i mean uh 
gosh, I keep doing that. I'm sorry. Uh, Blue Jays just powered it on the Rangers. George Springer led, led off the game with a home run. Matt Chapman homered as well. So quickly, the Blue Jays are up four to nothing in the top of the second. Nick Solak homers for the Rangers, getting the Rangers on the board four to one. Uh, Danny Jansen for the Blue Jays homers. It's five to one. Blue Jays in the bottom of the third. Vlad Jr. homers. It's six to one. Blue Jays only in the bottom of the third. And the top of the fourth, uh, Andy Ibanez, uh on a line drive to center brings in Adolis Garcia. So the Rangers are starting to slowly claw back. Charlie Colbison singles, which brings in uh, Andy Ibanez. So right now, the Rangers are trailing six to three. Jonah Heim on a, a ground ball to second, which is uh, deflected off uh, the pitcher Rue. Nick Solak scores. Rangers are down four to six. Brad Miller doubles off a line drive. Charlie Corbison scores. Next thing you know, the Rangers have tied it 6-6. Uh, this is all in the top of the fourth inning. Corey Seager lines on, uh, hits a line drive to Lourdes Guriel. Brad Miller scores. Now the Rangers have taken the lead. It is 7-6. And from there, uh, they continue to add more runs and end up uh, winning the game 12-6. Brad Miller homers his second home run of the series to uh, just solidify the deal for the Rangers and they get on the board and win with a final score of 12 to six. So Rangers coming in and uh, avoid the sweep against the Blue Jays, but they still have a lot of work to do. Pitching wise is going to be another thing that, that we're going to have to watch for uh, the Rangers this season and see how they continue to develop. So, but um, you know, not the best in opening days, for the Rangers as they drop another one. But, you know, we'll see what happens with uh, with, with the Rangers as far as this season. It's going to be fun for these guys to, to watch these guys as well because it's a young core. It's a young core, and we're going to see them continue to develop, and hopefully they'll turn into a contender soon. So let's quickly let's jump into um, our, our minor league score, uh, minor league scores. So, on Tuesday, on April 5th, our AAA teams got into action. The Express were facing the El Paso Chihuahuas there in Round Rock. It was not the best of showings for the Round Rock Express as they could not just get things going offensively. In Game 1, the Chihuahuas ended up winning 13-1. to In Game 2 of this series was still about the same. The, the Chihuahuas won that game 6-2. to two. I'm not going to go into all the stats because I want to jump into college baseball real quick as we close out this um, wild weekend in, in baseball. And uh, so let's jump into game three. It was a bit more of a close-scoring game in game three between the, the Express and the Chihuahuas, but the Chihuahuas pulled it out uh, with the final score of 8-7. to seven, Pretty evenly matched as far as run scores, hit scored. And so... Uh, right now, the uh, Chihuahuas are up three to nothing in um, the record books in the standings. So we'll jump into Game Four real quick here. And it was uh, finally the Express get on, you know, the offensive streak. Um, that final score was eleven to three. That was on Friday. So we'll jump into the weekend games real quick uh, as we kind of get to into all of our AAA. Uh, the Express won that one three to one. And we'll jump into Sunday's game. And the Express also did win that game as well. A final score of 3-2. to two. So 
to round out the first week for the Round Rock Express in El Paso Chihuahuas. Both teams are sitting at three and three. The Sugarland Skeeters also got onto the mix as well. And it was uh, not the best of showings for the Space Cowboys as they kicked off their inaugural season as the Space Cowboys. Uh, it was a little rough there in the beginning. <clears throat> I mean, close matchup on the first game. Space Cowboys lost seven to six in game two of the series. They were still lost, but uh, they kept the runs uh, a little bit more closer to uh, the Sacramento. They're playing the Sacramento River Cats, in case I did not mention that. So uh, four to three was the final score on the sixth. In the uh, on the seventh, in game three of this three game six game series, excuse me, the River Cats won six to nothing over the Space Cowboys on Friday, April the eighth. The Space Cowboys. Could not get things going as well as they dropped for the fourth game of the series, seven to six. And then finally on Saturday, the ninth, the Space Cowboys were finally able to get things going as they were able to, they pulled it out at one, one run. So one to nothing was the final score there on Saturday. And then on Sunday, offense got a little bit more into it as they won the last game of the series eight to one so the space cowboys are two and four on the season so far uh, so they'll kick off their next series against the round rock express coming up uh, this coming week so let's quickly jump into college baseball real quick as our team our series of the weekend was number seven texas against number 23 tcu texas did a phenomenal job on friday night against TCU Friday night starter Pete Hansen was absolutely phenomenal in his outing as he went the distance giving up zero runs on two hits as he was able to get the victory striking out I believe 10 he had double digit strikeout so Pete Hansen he is a golden spikes watch list so definitely want to check him out as well but uh the Longhorns would go on to win the series this weekend over TCU uh, not really so much a great outing for Texas State who came in at in the top 10 so uh, but uh, from a college baseball standpoint the Aggies did did well they they were in a four-game series against Kentucky there in College Station Ryan Targosh had a 475 foot shot there he's the third baseman for the for the Aggies so he has uh, surpassed his distance total for this year as far as home runs he had a 461 foot shot there in a couple weeks ago so but uh new standings will come out on monday we'll see where all of our teams are but uh it was a great weekend for the texas longhorns as um they battled in-state foe tcu so uh it was a great weekend a lot of college baseball a lot of professional baseball so but uh that's gonna do it for this episode if i if i miss something be sure to let me know send me a message and we will make sure to um, address that and, and give those teams that recognition as well. So, but that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Please remember you can subscribe to the show on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, or Spotify. Call into the show if you ever have any questions. That number is 210-263-3253. Be sure to rate the show and on Apple or wherever you can rate to leave your feedback. So, but uh, I appreciate it. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. So we'll see you guys next time.